Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Uh, my name is Cody Woodard. I get the, the honor and the privilege to serve as the pastor here. And I uh, just want to thank you again for spending some time with us. And uh, today we are in week three of a series we're calling Old School Revival. Anybody been enjoying this series so far? Come on. We're fired up about... Easter and all the things to come, but I believe God's going to move today, and uh, I hope that you're expecting to hear from Him, and I just want to shout out the ladies on stage leading worship today. Come on, somebody. Y'all put your hands together for them. Leading strong. Stu, you're leading strong too, bro. Kevin back there, but uh, sorry, I love you, Stu. Uh, I love Stu. Stu's my boy, Uh, but hey, I want to jump in really quick, and I want to go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. I want to read this to you. Here's what it says. Are you ready for the Word today? Isaiah 55, starting in verse 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Somebody say, now is the time. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will receive or he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. It's going to be good today, y'all. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that comes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Touch your neighbor, say, I'm leaving different. Touch your second choice, the one you don't love as much, say, I'm leaving different. I'm leaving different. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and the trees of the field will clap their hands. They will clap their hands. They will clap their hands. Anybody thankful for the word of God? I want to talk to you today, if you're taking notes, you can write this down in just a second. I want to talk to you today about the routine of revival, the routine of revival. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much. Oh man, God, thank you so much for letting us be here. God, we don't take, uh, we don't take today for granted. Um, God, we're not just here to simply go through the motions. God, we're not here just to have another Sunday. God, we're here to encounter you. God, we want more of you. And God, you promise that when we seek you with our whole heart, that we will find you. God, you say in your word in Isaiah 55, to seek you while you may be found. God, I thank you that you make yourself available to us. God, I thank you so much that we can actually know you, that we can have a relationship with you. God, I just thank you that um, that your promises are true. God, that even when we don't always know the plan, have the plan, see the plan, God, you do, we can believe it. And so God, I just pray today, you would interrupt our routine. God, that you would show us a new way of living so that we could experience revival in our lives and revival in this city. God, we love you so much and we thank you. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, come on, everybody said, hey, if you love Jesus, make a little noise. 
Say hi to somebody next to you really quick. You guys can have a seat. Hey, I wanna welcome everybody watching in online today. Come on church, y'all make some noise for them. Thank you so much for watching online. Hope you know that we love you. And I pray this message will be, uh, be helpful for you today. Um, man, I'm excited. This past week, Jessica and I, along with our neighbors, Jack and Cherie, we've been talking about going on vacation this summer. How many of you are ready for the summer? Anybody ready for warm weather? I am ready. Um, so this past week, we were talking about it, by the way. Uh, we're looking to go down to, uh, to the Destin area, to 30A. So if any of y'all got a free house you want to hook your boy up with, I got the mic, come on. Uh, go ahead, let me know after service. But we've been, uh, we've been talking about vacation, and I'm ready for it. I'm so over this weather, uh, and I'm so over, like, just the up and down and the unknown. And, you know, last year, we didn't get to go on um, vacation because of the Rona, you know. And this year, things are kind of opened back up, and so we get to go. And, and I, I'm just, I'm ready, but I'm not ready. Right. Like, because I, I want to go down and I want to feel comfortable and, and I want to have that beach bod that my wife loves so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm ready, but I'm not ready because like in January, like many of you do, we all kind of set this like new routine. Right. Like we want to we want to get ready for this year to go. And so for me, I set a routine in January. And uh, and like what oftentimes happens is, is by March, I might be you know, pretty faithful to the routine and, and working out and eating healthy and that kind of thing. But a lot of times, like if I don't switch up my routine. I'll start, I'll start plateauing in my results. Or for many of us, this is me this year, to be honest with you. Um, I set a routine in January um, that I was going to work out every morning and I was going to eat healthy and I was going to cut back on Chick-fil-A for like the four days a week I eat there and uh, chill out on the waffle fries. You know what I'm saying? Just fast and get my worship on. And I started out strong. I did. I did. But in March right now, by the time I got here, um, I failed at my routine. Anybody failed at their routines that they set in January? Right. So what happens in March is you got you to reset the routine, right? Because you, you know this, that, that it's, it's your routine that determines your results. And, and so this year, um, I decided, you know what, last week, um, I, I was going to switch up my routine because I ain't been doing that well. And for the first time in a year, I found myself on a treadmill. Anybody love treadmills? No, I didn't think so. Okay. Uh, so I found myself on the treadmill for the very first time. And, uh, and I'm going to have to slow this down because, y'all, I'm telling you, I ain't in that kind of shape. Uh, your boy don't do cardio. All right. So I found myself on the treadmill for the first time. And, and I love treadmills because um, on a treadmill, like for me, what I do is I'll get on one before my workout. And, and it helps me get my heart rate up, helps me get my legs moving, get my blood flowing. You know, I can, after, get off, after I get off the treadmill, I start to, I start to stretch. I start to, to get in shape and that kind of thing. And, and so I started on this treadmill, and, uh, and, and, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it's cool. But how many of you know that treadmills are, treadmills are useless unless you actually use them? Like many of us, maybe you got a treadmill in your house, and this is just the perfect place to throw your laundry on. Right. Like for me, I had a, we had a uh, treadmill growing up and this was the place that like I would just throw all of our laundry on. No one ever used the treadmill, but the treadmill is only good if you use it. Now, if you use it and you only do it every now and then, you ain't going to get no results. Right. Because it's your routine that determines your results. And, and I'll just tell you this. If this is the pace that you walk every day, I promise you, you're probably not going to burn enough calories to make a difference. All right. You're going to go a little bit faster, get in a little bit more shape. And I say that because I know you're not here to like get my fitness advice, all right? But I'm here and, and I wanna to talk to you about this today because we all have routines, don't we? Like we all have routines. We all have routines in the way that we think about things. We have routines in the way that we see things. We have routines in the way that, that we do things, the way that we view things. We have routines, everybody's got a routine. And, and the problem is so often in life is that we, we want the right results, but we got bad routines. 
Because it's your routines that determine the results. It's not your intention. It's not your goals. It's not your aspirations. It's, it's not your dreams. See, like determination alone won't undo the decisions you've constantly made. I like to say it like this. Um, resolutions without routines are like Ferraris without gas. They're pretty to look at, but they ain't gonna take you nowhere. It's good? Let me say it again. Resolutions are like routines. Resolutions without routines are like Ferraris without fuel. They're pretty to look at, but they will take you nowhere. And so for me, what I've had to do is I've had to go, okay, what is the routine? Because oftentimes, like, I'll blame the problem. And so for some of you, let me give you an example. Maybe like me, you're going, hey, I want to get in shape. And so the thing I would tell you to do is I'll say, okay, cool. You need to start a routine of working out. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up first thing in the morning, and I want you to go to the gym. And you're like, ah, oh, no, no, no. I'm not a morning person. Anybody not a morning person? Like, no, 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 I'm not a morning person. That's not my time. No, 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 just get up. You got a busy day. If you don't do it in the beginning of the morning, you ain't going to do it all day. We already know this. And like, no, 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 I'm not a morning person. And see, a lot of times we think I'm not a morning person is the problem. And, and I heard that a lot. Like when I was raising support and we were getting ready to start this church, I was a personal trainer for about uh, four months. And uh, people are like, oh, I'm not a morning person. That's not the problem. The problem is, is you don't have the routine to become a morning person. Because see, your current routine is that you're going to go to bed at 2 a.m. And you're going to wake up at 10 a.m. And you're tired. Right, like the, the, the routine you may have is that you're drinking caffeine at 8 p.m., you're not getting no sleep, so therefore you're not a morning person. Not a morning person isn't a personality type, by the way. Right, like the problem isn't that you're not a morning person, it's that you haven't put in things in place to have the routine to be a morning person. So if you would go to bed earlier, you may wake up earlier and not feel as, feel as tired. Are you tracking with me? It's about your routine, same thing in your marriage. For, for, for so many of us, we'll go, hey, my marriage isn't what I thought it would be. My marriage isn't what I hoped it would be. Uh, my marriage, like, my, my spouse gets on my last nerve. Anybody? I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. Don't do it. Look ahead. Look ahead. Look ahead. Um, and a lot of times what we do, y'all, is we look to the person next to us and go, they're the problem. That's what y'all about did right then. They're the problem. But maybe it's not your spouse that's the problem. Maybe it's that you don't have a routine in order to continue to have romance in your relationship. You know, it does take more than just saying I do at the altar, right? Like you gotta have a routine in place to where you can actually continually have this relationship. And so it may start and be something as simple as you start going, you know what, I'm gonna have a date night once a month. Instead of the routine of I'm gonna allow my kid's soccer schedule and everything else going on to determine my entire life, we're gonna save some money, we're gonna budget, we're gonna have a plan, and every month, we're going to hire a babysitter and we're going to go on a date. Maybe that's not consistent enough. Maybe you need it two weeks. Maybe you need it every week. But the point is, is that your relationship will never be what it could be if you don't have the routine of actually connecting, right? Same thing with your relationship with God. So for some of you, I know at the beginning of the year, you're like, I really want to grow in my relationship with God. That's awesome. What a great, what a great routine to start. What a great thing to, a habit to try to begin. So the question is, how often are you actually spending time with God? Because you know this, if you only just, if you come to church once a week, but you never talk to him the rest of the week, like it, it's, it's helpful, but it's not daily. Like, can you imagine if you only talk to your spouse once a week? 
Some of y'all are. That's why you're in trouble. <laughs> right? Like you, you got to have a routine. You got to have a daily connection where you do this. And like a routine is simple. It's just a sequence of actions or a pattern regularly followed. Right? And so here, here's why I say all of this, because it might be time that you, that you reevaluate your routine. And I don't say that about your marriage to make fun of it by any means. Jessica and I struggle all the time. But what we figured out is that when we start finding that we're not connecting and we start, when we start wanting to blame each other, we, we got to go, you know what? We need to step back and we need to reevaluate the routine. And so here's what happens with so many of us, y'all, because it's a routine and it's the routine of the world. And so many of our lives look like a treadmill where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over and you don't feel like you're going anywhere. And you just feel like, what's the purpose in life? And so here's what you do. The routine of the world is something like this. Get up. Say, get up. Get dressed. Get paid. Go home. Get up. Get dressed. Get paid. Go home. It's the routine every day. Get up. Get dressed. Get paid. Go home. Get up. Get dressed. Get paid. Go home. And can I just tell you? You were created more for more than to walk your life on the treadmill, simply getting up, getting dressed, getting paid, and going home. Your life has more meaning to it than that. Like God created you for something far greater than just to walk on a treadmill your entire life without purpose. Now, there's nothing wrong with treadmills, and we're going to get to the reason why in a minute. But what I don't want you to do is just every single day fall into the same old routine as the world. It's exactly why, why Paul says in Romans 12:1, he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to the routine of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then say then then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So he says, listen, don't get, don't get so caught up in the routine of the world, the pattern of the world, because that's not going to bring you transformation. What's going to transform you is by the renewing of your mind, by changing the way that you think. God wants to change the way that you think. Now, I'm not talking about religion, because religion's got a routine too. And, and the problem with the routine of religion is it'll leave you tired. And it's why some of us have gone to church our whole life, but we still feel exhausted and don't have any joy. It's because the routine of a religion is, it looks like this. It's like, try hard, try harder, fall short, give up. Try hard, try harder, fall short, give up. And see, in the context of Isaiah in which he's writing, he's writing in a culture where they were either caught in the routine of the world or they were caught in the routine of religion, where they thought that the only, the only thing they had to do in order to get to heaven or to get saved is to have this routine where every single week they would come into the temple, they would offer their sacrifices, and they would go home. That was the routine. Go to the temple, offer the sacrifice, go home. Go to the temple, a pigeon, a dove, go home. A pigeon, a dove, go home. Let me show you what it looks like nowadays. Because I think whether you struggle more with the routine of the world and just doing what everybody else is doing, or you struggle with the routine of religion where you feel like all you got to do is just to come in week after week after week, and you just, you come in, you go to church, you sing your song, go to lunch, go home. Anybody with me? On Sundays, we go to church, sing our song, go to lunch, 
and go home week after week. And then we wonder why we aren't seeing God move in our life like we thought. Maybe you need to switch up your routine. So whether you struggle with the, the, the world, the routine of the world or the routine of of religion. Here, here's here's the, the, the tricky thing is that oftentimes though treadmills are helpful and they're transitional and they're transformational, they can also be a trap. Because here's what happens, right? Like you say, all right, I'm going to establish a new routine. I'm going to reevaluate it. I'm going to start something new. And so let's just, let's keep the example going. And so you decide, you know what, I'm going to get on the treadmill. And the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to set my pace, right? So I'm going to set my pace. Somebody say, set the pace. So you set your pace, and, and for me, I can go a little quicker than this. I'm not in that good of shape, but I can go a little faster, right? So I get on the treadmill, and, uh, and I start my pace. Now, I can go a little quicker than this, so I'm going to start running just a little bit. So this is something, like, I'm comfortable with, okay? So this is you. So you, you know what, Cody? I'm going to switch my routine. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start running. This is why the treadmill's a trap. So when you start running, instead of looking ahead, what do you do? You start looking around, and you see the person next to you, and you're like, oh, no, I'm too slow. They're faster than me. So you start running, you see their pace, so now you switch your pace. Anybody been there? So now all of a sudden you're like, uh oh, I gotta keep up with them. And then you find yourself just sprinting and you're running. I hope I don't bust it, y'all. And you're running, you're running, you saw their pace, you switched your pace, and now you're, 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 you're running and you're, you're going, you're trying to keep up with them. And eventually, like I am right now, you start getting tired. You start getting out of breath because you're running at a pace that you ain't practiced for. You're running at a pace that you weren't prepared for. All because instead of looking ahead and worrying about your own pace, you look at theirs. And eventually you come to a place where you try hard, try harder, and you stop. And you find yourself, I'm really breathing. <laughs> and you find yourself out of breath. You find yourself tired. You find yourself worn out on religion because you can't keep up the pace. You know, many people never finish their race because they're running at somebody else's pace. Some of you are so tired in life right now, not because you're not doing any, everything, everything right. It's because instead of knowing your own pace, you're worried about everybody else's. And so you find yourself going, whoo, I can't, I can't do that. I can't keep up with, with everybody else. I can't run at their pace, see? You gotta know your pace. Somebody say, know no. your pace. Say, know no. my pace. Oftentimes, we're so focused on knowing their pace that we don't know our own. And so the first thing you and I gotta do is we gotta get honest about like, what's realistic for me? Like, where am I really at in life? It doesn't help you just to start running at somebody else's pace. You gotta go, okay, I wanna know I want to know my pace instead of looking around and trying to compare my life with their life and where I'm at and where they're at. Because here's what we do so often, right, is that we, we think that, like, I want, to be, I want to be faster. I want to be better. And we begin to compare ourselves, and it's a trap. Because we're on the treadmill, and we're, we're sprinting, and we're constantly trying to measure up, and we're going, I got to, be, I got to have more money than them. I got to be richer. I got to be smarter. I got to be wiser. I got to be better and not just better. I got to be the best. And so you find yourself, well, I got to be, I got to be the strongest, the smartest, the richest, the fastest. You, you mean just tell you something that I learned that God's told me. God isn't looking for the fastest. God is looking for the faithful. 
And, and, and some of us are spending so much time worried about trying to be faster than everybody. God's going, listen, I don't care about your speed. I don't care about how fast you are. I care about if you're faithful. God doesn't care about how affluent you are. God wants to know if you're available. And so for some of us, we got to get out of this trap and we got to go, God, I want to, I want to, I want to know my own pace. What's, what's the pace? Pace is the tempo. It's the rate of movement in which you, in which you do. It's the rate of growth. And so you have to, you got to know your own pace rather than trying to compare it to everybody else's. And, and, and here's the deal. Like we spend so much time competing with everybody else. And, and here's what I want to tell you. The people around you are not your enemy. They're your friend. And, and so, so many times the reason we're losing our own battle and we're not running the race and we feel so exhausted is because we're competing with people that God put on the same team. And there's no, there's no quicker way. A team, a great team will lose a game if they start competing with themselves. And any runner will tell you, like when they run, my buddy Trey, he's watching online right now. When he runs, he'll tell you, he, he, may, he may be one of the fastest. He may beat everybody in there. But what he does every single day is that when he runs in, on the treadmill or he goes outside, he's knowing his own pace and he's trying to get better in and of himself. He wants to improve his own pace. You, you know, when I ran my first 5K years ago, um, the first thing I did is like I started at the finish line and, and, and this is how you know people who are unexperienced. They'll, they'll run a 5K or whatever and, uh, and they'll, they'll start looking around and when the gun goes off, they sprint to the front and then about mm, 400 yards in, they slow down and they're in the back. Why? Because they think, oh, I gotta be the fastest. And like, no, 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 no. Smart runners know their pace. They know that like, hey, if I... If I run at my pace this entire race, I'm gonna get to the finish line because I prepared for it. And so instead of comparing yourself to people who are on the same team, we gotta do what the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews says and have a different perspective. Because he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God set before us. We do this, here's how, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion that we sang about, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The way that you build up endurance in life, where you can keep going and not burn out and not quit, is by keeping your eyes on Jesus, not on other people. Jesus kept his eye on the cross. Jesus kept his mission ahead of him. And then it says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Say endured. endured. Disregarding its shame. See the word endurance and endure come from the same word. He endured it. He didn't enjoy it. The process of life, the, the routine that God is trying to get you in and wake you up in, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it is necessary. And so what Jesus is, he sees the cross and it says, for the joy set before him. What he knew was that there was purpose in his pain. And how many of you know, like, you can go through something when you see the purpose in it. Purposeless pain is the worst pain. But what Jesus knew is what you and I need to know is that there is joy on the other side of the cross. He knew like, hey, I'm going to endure this. I'm going to take the pain now because I know that joy awaits me tomorrow. And so he says, now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. 
Think of all the hostility he endured for sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. See, we're to look to Jesus as the example in our faith of how to have endurance in this life. And see, Jesus didn't come to establish a routine of religion. What Jesus wants you and I to actually do is, is he wants us to, to learn this routine of rest. Because see, the religion, the, the routine of religion is to try hard and to try harder. And then you fall short and you give up. But, but Jesus says that like in Matthew 11, he says, here's why I can um, come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love what, I love the message version. I don't always study from this version. It's just a paraphrase that Eugene Peterson did, but I love his, go back to Matthew chapter 11, the message version. It says, are you tired? Isn't that a good, look at your neighbor and say, are you tired? Turn to the other one and say, wake up. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Oh, that's good. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. See, Jesus wants you to establish this routine of rest that when you find yourself on the routine of religion and you're, you're tired, he says, no, listen, when you're tired and you're burnt out, Come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. And so he says this. He says, I want to have a relationship with you. Write this down. Rest is only found in relationship. Jesus didn't come to establish a routine of religion. He came to establish a routine of relationship. Because see, religion don't lead to revival. Relationships does. Religion doesn't lead you to change. Religion doesn't lead to revival. Relationship with Jesus is what leads you to revival. And so what he came to do is to go, hey, I want a daily connection with you, a daily routine where you and I are talking. Revival isn't just a one-time event. It can become a daily experience in your life if you'll do what, what the, the rhythm, the, the routine of revival, I'm gonna show you. If, if you'll start to practice this and begin to put it in your life and go to Jesus for rest, you'll find peace for your soul. Does anybody want some peace? And so when Isaiah is writing this, he's trying to get the people to see God is using the prophet Isaiah to help people see that their way isn't in routine with God's way. The way that they think isn't the same way that God thinks. And so what he's doing is God wants to interrupt your regular routine. He wants to rattle your routine. I can go on for days. He wants to change it up so that you can actually see growth in your life. And so here's what it says, Isaiah 55. We're gonna look at the routine of revival, the routine of revival, are you ready? Seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn, say turn, turn to the Lord. Now here's what I want to write down. The, the first part of the routine is you got to, you got to return. You got to return. Because the truth is, y'all, is that when you and I begin to start trying to do things our own way, when we do what makes sense to us in our mind, 
what Jeremiah says is true, that the heart is deceitfully wicked and desperately sick beyond all cure. The, the advice of following your heart is awful advice because your heart is wicked. And, and, and what, what we tend to do is we do what makes sense to us, what feels good, what looks good, what satisfies. It's the routine of the world. I want it. I got it. What's that song? Six rings? I ain't gonna go there. Seven rings. See, I don't even know. Some of y'all are like, what are you talking about? Don't worry about it. Don't listen to it. But the routine of the world is like, just get what you want. Go to work. It's your money. Buy what you want. Do what you want. Do what feels good. Do what satisfies the craving. The problem is, is that it might satisfy the short-term craving. But it's never going to satisfy your soul. It's never going to be enough. And so what happens oftentimes when we get out of routine, when we aren't going to God daily, when, when you found, find yourself, maybe right now you, you feel burnout, you feel like you lack joy on the inside of you, and you're saying, I'm a believer, it might be because you're in the routine of religion where you just think it's all about what you got to do and don't do. Jesus says, no, 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 come to me and you will find rest. The idea of returning is that you're going one way and maybe you got a routine where you're doing the same thing over and over and it's to turn and, and go back to God, to return to him. And a lot of times we don't return to him because we fear his response. You, you remember the story in Luke 15 when the son got the money and he ran away and he, he spends it all and he blows it all on partying and then he's like, maybe if I go back to my father, he might let me just become a servant because right now I'm eating with the pigs. And then what happens? He returns home to his father and instead of him having to come and muster up a good enough argument or a good enough reason for his dad to forgive him, what does his dad do when he returns? He runs to him. When you return to God, he runs to you. Like you, you return to God and and the second thing you got to do is you got to receive it. Somebody say receive. receive. Verse seven, it says, and he will go back and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. Man, that's good news. That when you and I, when we return to God, when we repent from our sin, when every single day we find ourselves in the presence of God and we return to him, we, we return to him and then we receive what he has for us. We receive his grace. It says, for he will freely pardon. What that means is that you and I, because of our sinfulness, because of our rebellion, that you and I were dead in our sin and, and deserve death, deserve punishment. And he pardons, he replaces, he he pays the penalty for you and I so that we don't have to. And so when you go to God, you don't have to be in fear that he's gonna reject you. When you go to God, you can be in confidence knowing he's gonna receive you with open arms, amen? And so we return to him, but then we receive from him. We receive his love. We receive his grace. We receive his mercy. We receive his forgiveness. We receive his, his rest. We receive it. We, we receive it. We, we receive what he has for us. We receive his word. And, and we, we have to let God be the one to, to speak into our lives and we receive it because when we receive it, it says that his word will not return void. 
that it will accomplish the purpose in which that he set for it to accomplish. That when we receive his word, it's like water coming down from heaven, like snow coming down and it provides water to the seed and the seed begins to grow. It, it, it helps the soil nourish the plant and things start to come to life. Things that seem dead become to become coming alive. Right? So he, he water, and so we got to receive his word. We have to receive life. And I, and I, and I just, I, I want to tell you this because I'm, I'm telling you that when you go to him and you receive this from him, it, it begins to change. It begins to change your life. It begins to shift it. Now, when you return to him, part of the way you do that is by every single day you spend time with God. Every morning you get up, it's a daily returning where you return to him and you receive the words he speaks over you. Oh, I pray. I pray that you receive the words God speaks over you. Because he says, my thoughts, they ain't your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I pray that when you receive, when you return to God and you receive, you need to make sure you hear the right voice. How many of you know that what you listen to on the treadmill matters? Like you get on the treadmill, you start listening to the wrong music, you ain't getting nothing done. I pray that when you return to God, you hear his voice, not everybody else's. Sometimes you got to get on a treadmill. You got to put them, them AirPods in. Come on, somebody. And you go, you know what? I'm going to tune out the voices of the world. I'm going to tune out my own thoughts. And I'm going to receive your word. I'm going to make sure that your, your word is on my playlist. Because you know, when you, when you, it is so important who you're listening to when you're struggling. It is so important that you make sure you're listening to the right music, the right voice. When you're in pain, when you're lonely, when you're struggling with anxiety. Because like who you listen to on the treadmill will determine how you live when you get off of it. Right, and so for me, like every single day, I wanna go, God, I wanna return to you. I wanna spend time with you. I wanna receive your word. And, and so as I do this every single day and as I make it a routine, what I'm doing, you'll send me up in the gym. Sometimes I'll have my hands raised. I'll just be listening. Hey, even when I don't see it, you're I'll just get my praise on. And, and, and here's the thing, I'm not getting off this treadmill. I'm not gonna stop spending time with God. And so I believe what he spoke over my life. And you know, it's about receiving, not achieving. Some of us are so tired because you think you gotta earn God's favor and you gotta earn God's love and you gotta earn God's ear. He says, I'm gonna listen, ask, seek, knock, return to me and receive my word, receive who I say that you are, that you are my child and that you are loved and I am pleased with you. Can I ask you something? What voice are you letting speak into your life right now? Who are you hearing from? Like when you fail, when you mess up, when you've tried and tried harder and fallen short and you wanna give up and you wanna stop, do you hear the voice saying you're a failure? Do you hear the voice saying that you're not good enough? You're hearing the voice saying that you'll never get it together. You're hearing the voice saying that you're too overweight. You're hearing the voice saying that you, you'll always be single. You're, you, you hear the voice saying that 
you'll, you'll never be happy. You'll never experience joy. You'll never experience peace. Can I just tell you that's not the voice of God? God doesn't speak guilt over you. He speaks grace over you. Like it's, it's, it's grace and truth. But understand, God's desire is to never beat you down. It's to lift you up. It's to build you up. And so when you're hurting, if all of a sudden you start hearing things that make you feel more beaten down and kicked on the ground, that's not our God. So you need to surround yourself with some people. You need to take some time to receive the word of God and believe that his promise is true. Somebody say return, receive. Then you got to release, say release. Return, receive, release. Return, receive, release. See, when you and I, we, we meet with God, we receive his grace and we receive his word. He, he gives it to you, to speak to you, to comfort you, to challenge you, to correct you, to encourage you. But understand, he gives it to you because he wants to get it through you. We're not just called to come and have this relationship with God where all we do is receive and consume information and do nothing with it. Some of the weight that the writer is talking about in Hebrews of throwing it off, throwing off the weight that so easily entangles us. Do, do you know, he says, the sin and the weight, you know what you struggle with. But can I tell you what, what slows so many of us down in life, especially in the South? We're full of information that we're never releasing. We just consume and consume and consume and consume. And what's slowing you down is you've been filled with so much information that God has given you that he's going, hey, I, I want you to receive it, but now I want you to release it. Can you imagine if the person next to you right now has been praying to hear from God and the word they need is in you? What if the person next to you would experience healing if you would open your mouth and speak it? James tells us that we confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed. Healing comes in community. What if what God has been speaking to you in this season, what if the love he's given you, what if the forgiveness he showed you, what if the grace, what if the mercy, what, what if the identity that you have now received is exactly what you need to release to your family? Like, I just wonder what would happen in your life if we would just start releasing what God had put in. And this is where we lead from this place of overflow. We, we return, we receive, and then we release. Return, receive, release, repeat, repeat. Somebody say repeat. This is so huge because repetition is what causes growth. Repetition is what causes growth. And what I'm trying to get you to see is this idea of repeating is exactly what Jesus is talking about in John 15. The, the key, y'all, to revival is remaining. It's this idea that you and I have this daily encounter with God where we're remaining in Him. John 15, one says that I am the vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. I don't like that. It's like, God, you're a gardener, awesome. You're cutting off branches, ooh, I don't like it, it hurts. But everything that he does, he, he prunes so that fruit 
will be produced. It says he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No, bear, no, no, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You want to know the, the routine of revival is remaining. It's to stay connected to God. It's not just an event. It's not a feeling you get at church on Sunday. Revival can happen every single day in your life, in your heart, in your family. When you go, you know what? I'm going to make it a routine, God, to remain in you. So every day I'm going to wake up. I'm going to, I'm going to return to you. Let me show you what this looks like every single day. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to spend time with God. Every day. I'm going to wake up. First thing I'm going to do. I'm not a morning person. Yes, you are. Go to bed earlier. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to return to him. I'm going to receive his grace. I'm going to receive his love. Then I'm going to release it. And then I'm going to repeat. Every, every week, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to go home. I'm gonna repeat, I'm gonna go to church, I'm gonna receive it, I'm gonna release it every month. I'm gonna go to church every month. I'm gonna spend time with God every month. I'm gonna be faithful every month. I'm gonna go to God. I'm gonna return the tithe, receive the blessing and release the blessing. You gotta return, receive, release, repeat. Say return, re receive, release, repeat. That's what I wanna challenge you with this week. Because when you do, it leads to revival. So the last verse up on Isaiah 55, I think it's verse 12. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Some of you have been looking for joy and you've been looking for peace. And it is only found when we remain in Jesus. It is only found when we have a daily connection with him. And then when you leave and you release, you have joy, you have peace, you have a place of rest. And so where's your routine broken? Where's it broken? Instead of blaming everything else, like where in your life right now, for some of you, you need to, you need to turn to God. You've been doing it your way for far too long. You've been doing it your way. What makes sense to you? You've been living in the routine of the world, wondering why you don't get the right results. It's because you got the wrong routine. And so you need to, to turn to God. And when you turn to God, you need to receive his grace. Some of you that have been caught up in the routine of religion, you've turned to God, but you think that you have to achieve rather than receive. And today, what I came to tell you is that today is the day you receive his forgiveness. You receive his grace, receive his love, receive his identity over you, knowing that who he says you are is not connected with what you do. He doesn't love you any less when you fall short. He loves you the same today, tomorrow, and forevermore. And some of you need to hear that and be set free from the chains of religion. Brothers of you, you've been to church your whole life. You've received information but you've kept it to yourself. And now it's the time to release it. There's people in your life that God has placed you there on purpose. It's not just a, it's not just a treadmill. 
You're, you're, you're not just at work going through the motions. You're at work on mission. You're in your family on purpose. God wants to release something through you to get to them. And so you, you got to decide, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release this to them. D did you know that seven out of ten of people will actually show up to Easter if you ask them to? Now, this isn't a plure to get you to get people to church. I'm just trying to get you in the routine of releasing. And for those of you, you just need to repeat it. You do it, just not consistently. So you need to get in the routine of going, God, I'm gonna make a commitment to you. Every day I'm gonna return, I'm gonna receive, I'm gonna release, repeat, amen? Hey, will you stand with me? I would love to pray for you. And uh, just praying that God is shaking some things in your routine today and that you would experience his love and his grace. And uh, I wanna pray for those of you right now who are returning to God and receiving his grace for the first time. But also for those of you who maybe have been caught in the routine of religion and you thought that it was all about your works, but Jesus says it's by his grace, not your works, that you're saved, that you're free. And so today you're gonna receive that freedom. You're gonna receive that rest that your soul has been looking for. And my prayer is that you would go out in joy and in peace. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for everybody in this room. God, I thank you for speaking today. God, you say that your word doesn't return void. And so God, I pray that as the word was preached today, that it went forth and it hit good soil. But God, the, the seeds down deep in their life, God, I pray that they would begin to grow. They would begin to come alive. God, that you would do a revival inside of them. God, that you would do a revival in this place, in this house, in their family, in their, in their marriage, in, in, in their job, in their school, in this city. God, I pray you would awaken things. You would pour out your spirit, God, that you would pour out your word and water our, our hearts, water our souls, God, so that we can produce fruit. God, may we remain in you. So God, right now, I wanna pray for those who are returning to you today and receiving your grace. And right now, if you would, would everyone just pray this out loud with me for the benefit of those who are doing this for the first time or coming back to God. Will you say, God, I love you. Today, I return to you and I receive your grace. I believe you died on the cross, you rose from the grave so that I can be forgiven and free. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen. Hey, put your hands together if everybody made that decision today. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to stories at renovation.church. And if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world, you can do that by going to our website, renovation.church slash give. Have a blessed day.